Welcome back to the Events for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we choose to cultivate deep relationships with our event attendees, clients, community, and yes, even ourselves. Because we know that truly impacting the world starts with relationships, not the balance of our bank accounts. I'm your host, Jen Murray, retreat planner and owner of Relate Escape. And I believe that events, like our lives and businesses, should be successful, fun, creative, and full of chocolate. Let's dig into today's episode. Hi, lady. I am so glad that you are back and continuing with me in this series. If you're just popping in and haven't listened to the previous two episodes, I am doing a five-part Rebel series, and this is the third episode, so I highly recommend you go back and listen to one especially because that gives the story and context behind what this series is about. But either way, I'm so glad you're here. This series is all about being controversial and I'm not apologizing for it. And that is especially true with today's episode. I feel of all of the episodes in this series, this is probably going to be the one that is the most controversial. It's the one that's probably going to ruffle a lot of feathers and get some strong reactions. But I think there are just times when you need to really speak truth and you need to shine the light on things that are probably hitting a lot more people than I've even talked to or realized. It's just when things are ingrained into a culture, it's hard sometimes to have those things come up to the surface. But I'm going to attempt to shine a light on those today. So I have two main topics that I am going to touch on. Yes, I have another sheet of bullet points <laughs> ready to go. And I'm just going to dive in. I'm just going to go go in it. But before I do, I want to set the tone and put some people at ease uh, before I get into these. So the first thing that I want to say is, because uh, I'm going to be talking about, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about debt and investing in coaches and programs. And so I want to make it clear that one, I am not saying that we shouldn't invest in ourselves. I think when we, it's human nature, when we see something that's wrong, our inclination is to go to the exact opposite. So I don't want you to hear me today when I'm talking about certain untruths in our space or sort of, sort of things that could be dangerous or unhealthy and think that I'm saying I want you to completely cut those things out. I think it is very important for us to invest in ourselves, important for us to, you know, get help. And it's, I mean, we're built for not wanting to consume knowledge and explore new things. So I'm not advocating that we don't do those things. I am also not saying, secondly, that all coaches are bad. I'm going to be sharing some personal experiences, what I've had with coaches, which unfortunately for me have been very negative. Now, I'm not playing the victim. I hired those coaches. I made the decision. In hindsight, I wish I would have done my research better, and I take full responsibility for those decisions. However, that doesn't mean I can't take my experiences and bring some good out of them by sharing what I went through so that we can 
you know, I can hopefully help others avoid making the same mistakes. And I've also learned some interesting things along the way that I want to impart with you today. So as I go into this, this is probably, again, it's going to be a controversial episode, but I also don't want you to take it as a very negative or you know, I'm just poo-pooing all over the entrepreneurial space. That is not what I'm doing, but I am going to get into some things that I have experienced and I've seen others experience and share some thoughts on, you know, where, where things are and where they need to go. Because again, I want us all to be healthy and happy and successful. And that's my heart behind doing these episodes. So let's dive in with that long introduction So the first thing that I want to talk about, which is in the title, it is one of the biggest things that I have, having gotten distance from the entrepreneurial space, if you listened to the last episode, I talked about how I have stepped away from social media and how that has given me perspective from all the things that we hear in that space, right? Because I've disconnected from that conversation and that culture and stepped back more in line with with God and my beliefs and also just gotten a clearer perspective on my past actions and the space as a whole. And this one I'm particularly passionate about because there's this belief in the space, almost an, it's almost an expectancy, I would say, that it's perfectly fine to carry a ton of debt in order to build a successful business. And I just want to go on record right now and say that is one of the biggest lies you could, like, that's one of the biggest lies ever in life, but especially in our space. It's become commonplace to assume that getting in a ton of debt is fine. And I know a lot of you are struggling with this because before I moved, I was still following, uh, if you listen to, I think it was two episodes ago, the first episodes in the series, I shared that after I left my day job last uh, August, because I literally had to do it for my own health, that I bought a three-month, it was basically a mastermind, they weren't calling it at the time, from a husband and wife couple. I don't follow them anymore. So obviously I started following them on social media because I was still on it at the time and you follow like your coaches and the people that you're involved with. And it between that and I attended a live event of theirs in California in early January, it I became it became very clear that their heart is not it it's a a lot of it is about the wealth and status, um, especially for one of those people in the couple. And I remember watching an Instagram story one day where they were driving in California and going somewhere and um, the wife was doing a story while they were driving to wherever they were going. And she got on there to specifically say, I'm tired of everybody telling me that they're tired of being in debt. And then she went on to say how we need to be investing in ourselves, etc., etc. And even, even watching that then, before I was completely unplugged from the space, something like I found that just very wrong. It didn't hit me in a good way because I, before getting into the entrepreneurial culture, I had always been a person that just wanted to pay off debt. 
I am divorced for 10 years now, but I used to be married to a man who would spend everything that we had. And so basically for our 10 year marriage, it was my job to try and, you know, budget the spreadsheet or the budget program to make sure that we were paying the bills. And I never had money for anything. And I had one credit card, I think that had like a $3,000 balance. And I wasn't able to pay that off for our 10 year marriage because he took all the money and spent it on either ridiculous purchases or stuff that he really didn't need. So it, like when she said that, it hit me because I've been in a place where, you know, like my whole life, I've never been in a place where I've earned the income where I can have a quote unquote comfortable life. I didn't even have that when I was married, even though my ex was making good money because he spent everything. So I understand that struggle and I understand the weight that debt carries. So that comment really struck me. And then when the pandemic hit and all of the sudden, everybody, including independent contractors, as the government's calling them, like, you know, I know some entrepreneurs, your businesses are actually flourishing more based on what you do, or they're still okay. But imagine the impact on those who have businesses that really can't do much in this time period or are struggling to do business at all because suddenly you have the kids at home all the time and you're having to school them. Um, Maybe you're married and your husband or your partner lost their job due to COVID. Um, And all of a sudden, if if you've been carrying all of this debt because you've been continuously, you know, just investing because you've bought into this, this concept of we, it's okay to just keep getting in debt and, you know, eventually you'll have like a six or seven figure business and it won't be a big deal. That's like, that's a huge weight on top of everything else. And when that, when the pandemic hit, my brain went back to that Instagram story. Like it just connected the dots and I just, it just, I felt really bad, but it also put a fire in me because especially after I unplugged, like, no, this debt is not okay. Debt is not okay. Again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any debt at all at any time there are certain things that you like you're going to pay off a house you're going to pay off a car i still believe that we need to invest in ourselves i'm really glad that i started doing that because i wouldn't be here right now talking to you if i hadn't put certain courses or programs on a credit card because i didn't have the funds so i'm not saying we shouldn't do it at all but i am saying i think we just need to shine a light on this lie and realize that we're not required. It is not a requirement to get in a ton of debt to have a successful business. It's just not. And I would argue that you're bound to be more successful if you don't do that because one, it means you're being a lot more careful about what you invest in. So if you're going to be very careful about where you put your dollars, you're going to do it a lot more strategically and only invest in things that you know that you need at that time. And secondly, you're you're also going to be, um, you're just going to be more aware of um, how freer you feel. Like there's not going to be a weight on you because especially for people who haven't gotten their business to a consistent point yet where they're bringing in a good wage or a good um, profit, that debt is just, it's got to be weighing on you, even if you don't realize it. And so not only are you stressed out because you're trying to figure this business thing out, but you're adding that weight of the debt to you. 
Like debt is never something that frees you. It's always something that is, it's in some manner weighing you down, right? Like you owe somebody money. (laughs) That's not freedom. That is the exact opposite of freedom. So, you know, again, if you're in a place where you can strategically and, you know, fairly safely make that investment, go for it. But I think we need to stop propagating this lie that it's completely okay to just get ourselves in tons and tons and tons of debt. Like we're spending, we're spending the price of a used car or sometimes even a new car or more on programs or coaches, which is why I'm going to go into my next point in a minute. Just, just think about that for a second. We're spending, we're basically buying a used or new car when we buy a lot of these more expensive programs. And I don't think that we do our due diligence as much when we buy them. I know I didn't. That's one of the things that I regret. So that goes into, uh, you know, this, this other belief, which is we always need to have a coach or we always need to be in a course, right? Like we always need to be learning all the things or getting help for this or getting help for that. Now, again, I'm not saying that having a coach is bad. I'm not saying that all coaches are bad. And I'm not saying it doesn't behoove us to buy a course or to educate ourselves or to help us scale our business in a certain way. But I don't want us to continue to buy into we always need to have it, right? Like we should always be looking for the next thing or I just finished this thing, so now I need to fill that space with another thing. It comes back to understanding exactly what you need and being strategic and also doing your due diligence. Um, And I know that can be hard because again, the way that we're wired, we love to learn new things. We want to do all the things like that's one of the things we struggle with, right? So, you know, our to-do lists are always way longer than we can realistically handle. Our visions and our dreams are super big, which is fabulous, but sometimes we have a hard time bringing reality in companionship with our vision, okay, you know, so I'm, you know, again, so I'm not saying like we should never learn anything that's going against how we are. We just need to be more careful. And I don't want us to buy into these lies that you just ha- it has to be this way. Like it has to be this way. Uh, so one of my, um, one of my favorite podcasts, even though I'm not a mom is Stephanie Gass's podcast, the, uh, mom, mompreneur mastermind show. Uh, I highly recommend checking her out. She does, uh, she's very down to earth and kind of just puts it out there, which is probably why I like her so much. And she's also very funny. And I was listening to one of her episodes recently and I, I forget what the topic was, but she said something that really struck with me. And she said, uh, you know, you might not, she was talking about, uh, you might not need a coach, right? So She gave the example of if you're somebody who needs accountability, if you need to have somebody there to brainstorm or something along those lines, then yes, it might totally make sense for you to have a a coach. It could, you know, either all of the time or, you know, during certain pivotal periods, whatever. But she said, Stephanie said in her case, she doesn't need that. And I'm kind of the same way, so this also makes me kick myself (laughs) for investing in my bad coaching experiences. Uh, 
because her and I were both, we don't like, we're very self-disciplined. We're very action oriented. We're not, we don't really need the accountability and brainstorming. She said for her, she likes to invest in going to like big live events and things like that because she seeks inspiration. So she needs that kind of like, just refuel my soul kind of thing. Like give me, help me find my next vision. So she doesn't really invest in coaching because she doesn't find that she needs it. And that is the first time that I've ever heard. And she's a coach, by the way. I mean, she does a lot of, she has a lot of programs and she helps mompreneurs do passive income, but she also does some coaching. Um, And I've never heard a coach say that. I've never had a coach say, (laughs) you might not need a coach or you might not need me as a coach. Um, It's always just kind of like, if you want to get to the next step, you're just expected to find like whatever that next coach is or whatever that next program is, um, as if you can't get there without it. Um, and I'm, I, you know, this kind of bleeds into my next episode where I talk about how I getting the space for my own mind and to hear my own voice allowed me to tweak my business and realign it in a way that truly works for me. Um, and if you follow P, I don't know if you follow Pia Silva, but uh, she writes articles for Forbes. And I think it was through one of those because she sends them out on her email list where she talked about how she used to do the same thing too. Like she's paid, you know, a big price for a marketer who was supposed to, you know, do amazing things for her marketing and that didn't work. And she's done this and that. And eventually she just stopped trying to pay all these people to do the things and just focused in on what worked for her. So I just want to I just want to encourage us to if you're going to you know just think I you don't necessarily need a coach or a program at least all of the time, okay? But if you but we are going to at some point do coaching. We are or, you know get coaching or get a get a course or a program. So here's Here's kind of like the wisdom that I want to put out there for anybody who goes down this road, right? Which we're all going to do at some point. And these are all things that I wish that I had done with my experiences. So I had, uh, I had hired that couple through the three month mastermind. And uh, that wasn't, I mean, it was coaching. They had, um, you had like a one-on-one call with them at the beginning of the program. I spent like two days filling out all of these questionnaires and forms that's supposed to give them a good idea of my, you know, your business. And then you hop on that call at the beginning of the program and they give you like advice and they would have like different calls with them and other people throughout the three month mastermind. But it was all group. And for I, one of the things I've learned is I'm not made for group programs because I'm super introverted. And I also have that that trait. Um, that's like a whole nother episode by itself. But like 15 or 20% of the population also has it. So I'm not alone. But I, my brain gets overstimulated really quickly. So between that and being introverted, like putting me on a group call just really is not going to work. Like I'm not going to be able to get myself to get anything out of it. Um, and it just, I, yeah, I, I, I don't really, there's nothing that I can point back to that experience and say, I'm really glad I did that because it did this for my business. Um, 
and prior to that I had bought I think it was was it three months again for a slightly lower price but I had hired this coach who found me on Facebook through some a group we were in and I hired her with a one of the biggest reasons I hired her was because she said she could help me with publicity because she had the connections and we had a call I think once every other week and not only was she not not only did she save the like the topic of publicity to the very last call um she, you know despite me i you know i started bringing it up when we got towards the end because this was a big reason why i had paid her but i also you know she was trying to teach me and get getting me to do tactics that didn't align with how i'm wired and it wasn't listening to me when i told her that so I and and I just kicked myself because that was a good chunk of money that I'm still trying to pay off that really didn't help me at all. Um, but I made those choices and bought those because at the time I was like, well, I need something to help me. Like I need something to help me. Uh, the final coaching came from uh, in early late in late January. Um, I was very, very run down at the time, and I had, again, gone out to that event in uh, California that was hosted by that husband and wife coaching couple, which was very disappointing, but um, so I came home and realized that somebody from that event had attended from Pittsburgh, which you never run into anybody else from Pittsburgh, like... Uh, so we decided to meet up in my neighborhood person, you know, in person and have a coffee chat. And she was kind of, she was a coach. And during that chat, she just started asking me about my business and where I was. And then at the end said, Hey, I don't normally do this, but you know, I have event planning experience. I'm a coach. I'm liking what you're saying. Would you do a, you know, do a discovery call with me? I got on the discovery call and then I let myself be wrangled into um, another contract. And this coach actually had to, um, we had to get lawyers involved because we had, I signed a six month contract. So it was supposed to take from February, um, you know, past my, my move in April and the pandemic hit. And I just told her in April, I paid for April. And on the first coaching call of that month, I, prior to that, in my updates, I said, hey, the pandemic's coming, like, I need to take a break, like, I'm so exhausted, and she would not let me take a break from coaching. And um, so I paid for coaching in April and didn't get anything but a call that was basically, basically trying to bully me into not taking a break. And even she went straight to, well, I guess then you're just going to have to buy out the rest of her contract which was you know it was again this goes back to me not checking myself she had it in her contract that if you decided to stop at any time you owed her the rest of the amount of the contract uh, which by the way is illegal I found that out I'm going to go into that in here in a minute when I revisit our checkpoints and so while I was moving and post-move when I was exhausted and just trying to function, you know, during a pandemic, during a move, um, she was sending me emails trying to get me to do a buyout. And it got to the point where she sent one from her lawyer 
which was very shady because she added in, they added in supposed like interest fees and things like that that weren't even in the contract. Um, and so I had to get a lawyer involved and I got like the best lawyer. He was so great. But one of the things that I learned from that, just as an FYI to all of you out there, is that it is it is actually not legal um, or there's no precedent to have a contract that says, especially if the coach is the one who broke the contract, which was the instance for me because her unprofessional behavior on that call when she was bullying me and she was using my religion against me like she literally was an hour of her like switching from one tactic to another when I didn't cave and just we're trying to wear me down um it was not about serving me at all she didn't she even like played off the pandemic like it was no big deal like there was no reality whatsoever in that conversation um but in the letter that my lawyer drafted to her, he cited, I think it was three Supreme Court cases. And if somebody breaks a contract by their own, uh, un, you know, their own unbusiness-like behavior, which was the case with this, um, they cannot ask for or, or expect to receive the rest of the amount of the contract, especially if there's no, uh, you know, like they didn't, oh you know there it's not like like the coaching she just broke it we were done we didn't have any more coaching calls she didn't offer me anything so it wasn't as if I still owed her for you know something that she still had to do to wrap up my uh my being a client right so if you run across that in anybody's contract again I I had a check in my spirit when I read that and I pushed past it because I was believing in the lie that I needed to do this because this was the thing that was going to finally make my business go. So all of those experiences, I don't mean to be, you know, sir, you know, venting and just going over the top, but I want to share with you just what's out there, especially if you're a newbie listening to this, right? There are some amazing coaches out there. Just somehow I didn't let myself I didn't guard myself enough and I didn't make good decisions. So here's what I would do and what I suggest um, we all do anytime that we are looking at hiring a coach, particularly if they're asking for a pretty high price tag, right? If you could go out and buy a used car or a pretty good new, you know, used car with what they're asking, we need to be very careful with how we allocate our money, right? Um, so here's the things that I would have done if... I could go back in time, right? Hindsight is always lovely. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, do not just depend on the testimonials. Um, I know those are powerful and we should all have those. I'm not saying the testimonials are bad in and of themselves, but reach, like, go one step further, contact those actual people and say, hey, I'm thinking of hiring, you know, Joe Smith, I am just wondering what your experience was and ask what tangible benefits they received from the experience and try to get as much information about how much the coach actually impacted that because we all know life is a set of circumstances. So, you know, somebody could have hired a coach, but what really broke them through was they had like an amazing referral or um, you know, some connection with an organization came through and they were able to make a lot of sales. So we need to be discerning and be willing to do the research. If you, if you run across somebody where their testimonials don't show what the business is for each person, 
reach out to them and ask. And if they don't want to tell you, that to me is a red flag because anybody who's had really good client experiences will have at least a couple that will feel more than happy to share. Usually they're extroverts, <laughs> right? Like they're the ones that just love to talk about stuff, especially positive stuff. Um, so do your research. And again, it's not just about high level what was your experience like how was it good or bad ask what actually they got out of it what tangible thing did they receive and that leads me to the next thing so the question we need to ask is what exactly is the coach seeing you getting specifically for your business i mentioned this in one of the other episodes but i think a lot of us and i've i've had this conversation with several entrepreneurs we go into these coaching experiences really wanting more of a consulting experience right we have a certain business and a certain niche we're wired a certain way so we need somebody to really help us with our business that's not to say that we're not responsible for our business or we can't make decisions or we're trying to push responsibility onto somebody else but it's like any other business, right? If you know a large entity needs help with a specific problem, they're going to look for somebody that can help with that specific problem in their specific niche. They're not just going to hire any vendor to come in or consultant to help. We need to be doing the same thing. We need to be asking what exactly are they going to provide. And again, it needs to be in the point of tangible benefits. Um, and you need to see if, are they somebody that's just interested in sharing how they do things? I've, um, I know that's kind of become a thing. I've had conversations with with entrepreneurs again. I think because we're expecting a more specific, personalized source of help, and so one entrepreneur I was talking to, she, you know, bought a coaching program. And was talking about how she would be on the calls and it was basically the coach just spending an hour saying, okay, here's all the ways that I did stuff and then getting off the call. That's not helpful necessarily unless you happen to be in a place that and wired in a way that is exactly aligned with that particular coach, right? So really do your homework and ask beforehand. Just ask the coach, what do you see for my business? What 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 tangible value do you, are you going to provide for me if we do this? Get it in writing. Do a contract if you want to. Um, make sure that there's something there so that you can go back and say, hey, you said for this amount, you're going to provide X, Y, and Z, and this you know, X and Y is not, I don't, haven't seen that yet, so what's the plan, right? To make sure that you're getting what you need and you're actually getting something tangible. The other thing that I want to throw out there as well is do they have some kind of guarantee? Um, so, you know, the good coaches, when I when I told um, some of the good coaches I know that, you know, my one coach would not let me take a break during a pandemic, they were their jaw hit the floor. One of them said, I routinely let my clients take a, a break, right? Because we're living life and you want to get the most out of your coaching experience and the good coaches want you to get the most out of those experiences. So they're going to be willing to work with you. But if we're spending the amounts that we are, we should get some sort of, uh, you know, do they have a refund or a 30-day guarantee? Like there should be something so that if you're handing over full amount, um, that you're not just stuck paying them and not get anything 
back. I wish I had done that with the one coach I'd hired um, who didn't, didn't deliver on what she said she could in the initial call. And she didn't listen to me during the, you know, that time. And she was pushing me in other things that I wasn't interested in that I think actually sidetracked me. Um, but I had paid that money up front and there wasn't anything in writing for me to, to go and get it back. Um, so fill out and get something in writing as to what they offer um, or do the elect to do the payment plan and make sure that you can still get out of that as well if you need to. But I think this concept where we just pay thousands of dollars for things and then it just goes <laughs> needs to, we need to do a better job, right? Um, I've already talked about how it's illegal to have in your contract that you have to pay like a full amount for services that have not been rendered if that party broke the contract. Um, so be aware of that as well. I'm looking at my bullet points. Can you tell? And just one, just one final piece of, of wisdom when it comes to coaches. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I love most about this space, and I'm sure you do too, as most of us are women, is that we're able to just set up shop and do our thing. So one of the most amazing things is that a woman who has expertise in an area doesn't have to be business, could be health, could be fitness, whatever, can become a coach. But also on that same token, one of the most dangerous things about this space is that anybody can become a coach. They can set up shop, they can put up a good website, they can put some testimonials up, they can have really good marketing that hooks you in. And if you're not being really wise and vigilant about where you spend your money. It's easy to hire somebody that's not really, I don't want to say qualified. They might not be qualified as a coach, that's possible, but they might not be what you need either. So just be very, very vigilant. And again, I know these topics are controversial and I'm going to wrap this up. I feel like... <laughs> It's a very weird episode. I feel like I, I was sharing. I hope it didn't come across as venting or bitter in any way. Again, I take responsibility for my actions. And I hope, but I hope these stories that I've shared with you about the coaches that I've had have just made you want to uh, just, you know, I don't want you to be in the same position ever. And I, I also think that we all need to stop just handing over our money to people that seem to have figured it all out and put ourselves in a precarious position because even if things are going really really well if the pandemic has taught us anything it's that things can change very drastically in an instant in ways that we cannot comprehend and i wish that that money that i have as debt now were in the bank as savings because that would make a world of difference so Guys, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, love you all. Hope that this spoke to you. Hope that it just, I don't know, sends a bolt of lightning out into the entrepreneurial space. And I invite you to join me next week when I'm going to dive into how I finally, after <laughs> several years of working on a business concept and business model, finally, 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 can I say that enough? 
came up with a concept and a business model that is truly aligned with my passions and how I want to do things and just the importance of getting the space necessary to do that. So I will see you hopefully back here next week and take care until then. Hey lady, very briefly before we go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you gleaned a ton of wisdom and comfort, maybe even some confirmation from it. And I want to ask your help in getting this podcast into the hands or phones of more women just like you. So if you could, please just hop over on iTunes and leave a short review and let other women know what you have enjoyed or gotten out of this podcast. I might even read it on the air, you never know, but it's my goal to help as many entrepreneurs as possible and your words, as always, could be powerful in achieving that. Thanks and look forward to seeing you next time.